Hello. You were listening to Or So They Say. I can't let you do Stop. this. Why? I can't. You've upset me too much. <laughs> God. I'm Megan. Don't let her finish. No, I'm Kelsey. I, well, what did I even do? Oh, I was coughing, like, really yes. obnoxiously right yes. before. I'm sorry. You better just run that back, sister. I have so, <laughs> yes. Anyway, I have so much dairy. I have a caramel macchiato here. Well, what is it? It's, it's a, a pink, pink velvet. Ma- pink velvet macchiato. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay. Like it's Now a- they all know it's Duncan. Who else has pink velvet? You don't Goodness. know that? Maybe I made it. I mean. I know. I actually made really crappy. I didn't make it. We experimented with cold brew at work, and then I tried making it here at home. The experiment went wrong, so it wasn't very good. I had to get coffee. Hmm. Lord. But anyway, welcome. Yeah, sorry. I I know. I I totally cut you off. I know. my My whole intro is ruined now. No, I'm just in a weird place. We were talking about a bunch of stuff before this. Um. I don't know. I finished a video game again because mm-hmm. I finished Rhapsody not too long ago. I know. I gotta <laughs> get to playing it so again. fast. It played so fast. I'm like, I could do that again. Well, the fact that like when I was dancing with the prince, this means nothing to no one. <laughs> but I was like, I'm already here. I've been playing for two hours and I feel like the game's already half over. Like, yes. I thought it took so much longer to get to the prince. Mm-hmm. You know? No, no, it does not. I told it's I beat pretty that. quick. I took so much time just walking through the woods and like beefing up. So like even I think I did too much and maybe they didn't expect people back then to do this because <laughs> uh, the final battle was not that bad. I said, psh, psh, and it was over. Yeah, and this isn't a game where you can uh, select your uh, the difficulty. You know, it's just, it is what it is. I guess that's true. But no, it's one of those that you can just like blaze through and finish the game without getting a lot of side stuff done, which mm-hmm. is what I accidentally did. Oh, yeah. I got to the end. The end scene started happening. I was like, no. So I have to replay it eventually. But Darn. I did just finish... Uh, I'm late because I guess this game came out in 2020, but I did just finish Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, and I was sad when it was over. I was like, I feel like, because as the end was coming up, me and Maddie were like, this can't really be it. There's like still way too much I have to do. Uh-huh. And then the game was over and I was like, did I do it again with another game? Uh-huh. Uh, no, it's because I'm dumb. I was only six years, we were only six when the original Final Fantasy came, VII came out. Mm-hmm. And if anyone recalls, if anyone played video games, it was a fat, like, uh, dual disc case uh-huh. <laughs> with four discs to play that game. Well, silly me, I should have known I should have remembered that because I beat part one of three. But now I'm waiting in real time like everybody else. Actually, I don't have to wait near as long as other people because I played this now, but the next, like, part two isn't out yet. So now I have to be like, geez Louise. But they did just recently drop a trailer and it's actually coming out in like a month. Oh, okay. So I'm like, I don't have to wait too long. Don't do us like freaking Kingdom Hearts did. What was it, like 10 years? I I think, yeah. Well, this was, they knew there was going to be a part two and it still took four years to come out. Wasn't it 12 years because everyone used the serious black joke? I did my time. Maybe, I don't know. It was a long time, but even yes. this one, where you know there's going to be a part two and a part three, took four years. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I just have to wait a month and a half, and I'm over here like, come on. Right. So. 
again, I have a toddler, and so I do not get to play games very often. I mean, if I get an hour of gameplay in in one sitting, I am proud of myself. I am fused to my couch most most nights. I guess so. I shouldn't say proud of myself. I was sedentary for several hours. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Well, anyway, so I'm just emotionally in a weird place because, uh, I don't know, I get attached, people get attached to like games and books and shows and movies and whatever. Mm -hmm. I got attached to this one and I'm like, oh. (laughs) So now I'm like replaying it on hard mode. Yeah. Emotionally, we are in the liminal space. Yes. Physically, we are in New York this week. Woo! (laughs) There was the segue. I found it. There it was. Uh, so I know that we're supposed to be small town America. This is quite literally the opposite. As far opposite as you can get. <laughs> like, and, and I mean that literally we are in the most populous city in the United States. And actually I put a little tidbit of uh, info that New York actually, New, we're in New York City. Yes. As we've learned many a time that New, New York, York city, city is the most in populated. In New York State. Yeah, yeah, New York City, New York. Um, and actually, the population of New York is bigger than uh, 86 countries. There are 86 countries in the world that have a smaller population than, than the, the city, than the state of, no, than the city of New York. New York City. Yes. Oh. oh. Yeah. Goodness sakes. She's she's a big lady. Yeah. I know we didn't get to tell you last week because I was like, bah, bah. I didn't have my random generator yeah, up. But, yeah. So this one is a surprise for you guys. But I already picked next week. So you'll be happy to hear that, Kelsey. Yay. Ooh, I've not I told you I yet. know. It's going to be a surprise to me. So I can't wait to tell you. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, so we're in New York City, which is located in New York County in New York. They're very... They branch out. So nice. I named it thrice. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so New York City has a 2024 population of (laughs) 7,613,466, which actually is currently declining at a rate of 3.48% and has decreased by 13.22% since the last census in 2020. Goodness, Which, why is there like a mass it's exodus? Gone to, they've lost almost a million. Back in 2020, they had 8,772,978. Oh, sorry. In 2020? Yeah. Well, big populous city where lots of germies hang out in okay. 2020. Isn't that awful? Well, actually, we'll get to it. Yes, I mean, I'm sure large numbers, kind of in the same way that smaller numbers give you skewed Skewed. information i guess this won't really be skewed but like you see larger jumps like that yeah when there's i don't know but we've seen larger decline percentages i think some uh but to see a million people lost darn high i don't know if we've had a a percentage i thought there was a 14 percent somewhere maybe i mean this one's high yes no it is high and like with the numbers being so high they lost one million people in four years crazy i guarantee if you look at the covid map and how many people were lost um in that time frame it's probably a circle yes the venn diagram is a circle so the average household income in new york city sorry is one hundred and thirteen thousand three hundred and fifteen dollars that's high yeah uh with a poverty rate of 16.96 percent not i mean that's high but not too high from the average I, I kind of figured it 
you know, I expected as much. Yeah. So here's where I had to get a lot of information. And I apologize because worldpopulationreview.com just keeps dropping the ball and it's not giving us the, uh, just no going forward. I don't know if it's ever going to give us the median rental or home cost ever again. Yeah. They just don't care anymore. But I had to use four different, so I used multiple sources for rent and for housing mm-hmm. and you'll see why. So apartments.com says that as of January, like as of right now, the average rent in New York is $3,661 per month. It hurts. When you rent an apartment in New York, you can expect to pay about $3,054 for a studio, $3,661 for a one-bedroom, and around $5,045 a month for a two-bedroom. Good Christ. You know what? I'm not going to say buy a house yet because i got to hear the numbers. Yes, you do. Okay. Yes, you do. Um, well, if you go back a month, December, and honestly, if you look at the trend, this may be correct because in December, it was even higher saying that the um, median rent for all bedroom counts, like taking everything into account, uh, the average was $3,975, which is 106% higher than the national average. Out freaking rageous dude Mm -hmm. Uh, and then cnbc.com says the median rent at and i don't know when this oh this was written in august of 2023 the trend does say that it's coming down there hasn't been a pop or anything in the numbers but it has gone Mm -hmm. down so this would make sense but it's a huge jump now because back in august the median rent according to cnbc.com which was four thousand and four hundred dollars per month on average hit a new record along with price per square foot at about $84.74 per square foot to rent. (laughs) Um, Let's see. It was the fourth time in five months that Manhattan rents hit a record high. So You don't say. And then lastly, at an even higher, rentcafe.com said the average rent in Manhattan specifically, Mm -hmm. which is part of New York City, and we'll talk about that, uh, was... The average rent was $4,768 per month for a 703 square foot apartment. Smaller than your house. Yes. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Not that you live in a shoebox, but you know what I mean. Yeah. No, it's, um, yeah. The average size is 700 square feet. The average price is almost 5000 a month. I cannot fathom... And you know what? I love this. There's an episode of American Dad that the whole family moves to New York and gets all these, like, one person's a a panhandler and one's an artist. They do very, like, uh, stereotypical. New York Like a tropey New York things. Yes, yeah. And they all just complain about how miserable they are all the time. And they're like, why are we all complaining? Let's just leave. And they're like, no, we love New York. I know. (laughs) It feels like watching Rent. (laughs) Um. So anyway, you said maybe buy a house. Maybe don't buy a house because okay. the average median house value in New York City. Can Lady? I help you? No, me so. Oh, okay. That's okay. <laughs> we'll see if she wreaks any havoc. Anyway, um, the median household value, it, according to Zillow, I had to do a few more three sources on this, mm-hmm. is $734,336. The average New York home value is down 4.8% over the past year, and it goes to pending in around 71 days. So houses sit on the market for about 71 days and sell, or the average price for them is 734000 So, yikes. That's... 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> but according to Realtor.com, in December of 23, the median listing home price in New York was 799000 trending mm-hmm. up by 5.3% year over year. And then finally, RocketHomes.com says the median home sold price. So we now looked at like the value, the listing, which was even higher, mm-hmm. the selling price, even higher. Uh, You're talking these people down? No. The median home sold price in New York was $832,786, but it was down 2.9% from last year, and the median price per square foot was $618 per square foot. Oh, my God. Here's the thing. You also have celebrities who buy homes in New York and California, like just all over the world, they skew that stuff. You're not going to see that in the Midwest necessarily. You'd be, it'd be weird to see it in the Midwest. No, I heard Um, from, we were at a party, like one of Maddie's coworkers had a party or something. And there was a friend of a friend there. mm -hmm. And we just got to talking about houses and he lives in Florida Mm -hmm. and said that one of his Florida friends was here in town. And he was talking about like, I somehow he works in realty. He was talking about a house, like one of our, $500,000 $500,000 homes, which is pretty because we're talking like five bedroom, three bath, up to upwards of 3,000 square feet. Right. You get land, you get a pool, you get all that jazz. And they're like, so is that like 1 million, 2 million? And he's like, 500,000. And they were like, there's no way. There's like, they couldn't wrap their head around why that wasn't a $2 million home. That's insane. And I said, mm, not in Indiana. Sorry. Mm, insane. But yeah, I think you're. Even though the city is so large, when you have people buying three and four hundred thousand dollar homes, which is probably more of the normal people average in New York, I would think, you also have a handful of celebrities buying ten million dollar homes. So it's going to drive that up, right? Which we'll actually get into. I'll mention it, but I will say the most millionaires, I believe, even billionaires, the highest paid people live in New York. Not in not in California, not in... Those are really the only two. New York so, has the highest number of millionaires and billionaires. So, so it is odd. very skewed. Why? But any hoot. Uh, well, the average... Uh, the median age is 37.3. All right. <laughs> 36 for males, 38.6 for females. So those are the depressing numbers. Well, there's more depressing numbers. Oh, Don't good, worry. good, good. So since the first, okay, this first sentence makes no sense. Trust me, I try like scrolling back and forth and seeing if I miss something. Mm-hmm. They miss something. It's them, not me. <clears throat> okay. Since the first U.S. Census in 1790, it has held that position and continues to have more. What position, you ask? I don't know. But it has held uh, the secret position uh, and continues to have more than double the population of Los, A- Los Angeles, which is the second largest city. They are doubled the second largest city in the U.S. Okay. <laughs> uh Chicago- just population yes yeah okay. no by size uh, it's obviously very small right but, which <laughs> i think it'll talk about oh the per capita jesus mm-hmm. i'll get there yeah there's a lot more information stacked in this uh demographics than usual cities because i swear to god new york city is like it's it as i said it's like its own country mm-hmm. like there's so much happening that you can talk about it like it's a country insane go on so any hoot uh, Chicago is the third largest city in the U.S., but just has a third of the number of people as New York City. New York City continues to have significant influence and impact on the world's economy, entertainment, media, education, art, technology, and scientific research. Good for them. So when I said that Manhattan had somehow, what, whatever about Manhattan, mm-hmm. 
uh, have you ever heard of like the boroughs of New York? I play, so this is silly. I play Spider-Man. So <laughs> I hear about like, it talks about the different districts and the different whatever. They're boroughs. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is. I so. It sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the city features five separate boroughs, which are Staten Island, the Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens, and Manhattan. That okay. is all New York City. Okay. So it's kind of, again, I Andy. always use like Fishers, Noblesville, <laughs> Carmel, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which maybe it's not, it's really not the same because those are their own separate cities, but it's still indie. You're like, I live in Indy in Fishers. Yeah. Or whatever. Broad Ripple. Well, Broad Ripple is like Indy. Like that is an Indy. Well, God, I don't even. It's still. There's like Meridian (laughs) Hills and Crow's Nest. You can get into a whole, anyway. A whole mess. Yes. So as many as 800 languages are spoken throughout New York City. (laughs) Uh, making it the most diverse city in the world when it comes to linguistic multiplicity. Okay, well. It's, New York is crazy. Like, I've driven through before, and I think we stopped, like, maybe to get food one time. Not in New York City, but just New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to go someday just to know. Just to know. <laughs> just to say you did it. Yeah. I it, would have to take, like, a Xanax. <laughs> Well, yes. Yeah. There's just a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Uh, The latest research shows that the people who live in New York City have a higher life expectancy than the rest of the country. And I don't know why I really thought it would be like on the low end. Right. Because of the crime rate. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, that's for the crime rate for um, cost of living, for health care, like expenditures and people not being able to afford any of those things. And when I say crime rate, I mean violent crime, obviously. Well, yeah. You know, people stealing stuff is not like, I just fall over dead because someone took my stereo. (laughs) I mean, which, but at the same time, that feels very, not no offense to you, but like, it's almost when people are like, when people say, I'm moving to Chicago and they're like, you're going to get shot. And it's like, it's not. People aren't walking around all day with guns and shooting people. No. But the crime rate is higher because the population is so, like, it's all in perspective. Yes. So. I'm not saying everyone in New York City is a criminal. I know. It just feels so, it is a large number. Mm-hmm. Like, geez, a, a 13% jump here in Terre Haute would mean 10,000 people. I'm making that up. Yeah. Where here, it's a million people. So, anyway, lots of reasons for money, for violence, for whatever. But for some reason, they have the highest life expense, uh, expectancy in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2010, the life expectancy of a person living in New York was 80.9 years, which is 2.2 years longer than the entire country, which is 7.87. 78.7. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the increase in life expectancy is 2% higher than the previous year. Uh, this research was completed by New York City Mayor Michael R. Bloomberg and the city's Department of Health. Here's another fun set of numbers. Okay. <clears throat> the income disparity. Oh, okay. I'll take a seat. Yeah. Well, yeah. The income disparity between the citizens of New York City is vast. According to the latest census, the median household income for a wealthy citizen, citizen singular, uh, was $188,697 per year. If you would like that broken down, that's $90.72 an hour for a 40 40 hour, hour a week, 52 weeks a year. Uh-huh. I have to sneeze. Oh, golly. I don't think so. Anyway, okay. <laughs> uh, and the poorest median income was reported at $9,320. What? A year, which breaks down to, for 52 weeks a year, 40 hours a week, $4.48 an hour. 
are these waitresses and waiters or the like and they're just not counting tips i'm confused I don't know, but also, are we talking, is this after taxes? Because I'm sure it's not. Because when someone says they make 50000 a year, they're not talking after taxes. No, because you want everyone to think that you make fifty, and you're not actually bringing home $38. So, this, so they could very well be making $9,320 a year before taxes, $4.48 an hour. They're probably making like $8,000 a year. That was a lot of noises there, and ho- I, I I think you all know what that means. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, yeah. Isn't that nice? Isn't that fun? I mean, you can't even say that the $9,000 is people on welfare, people living off the government, quote-unquote. You can't even say that because they'd be living better than that. <laughs> like, Jesus. It's... So, it's funny because, like, actually, when this is Our being... Are panhandlers, like... Filing taxes, is that what it, I made $9,000 fan handling this year. <laughs> I don't know. I wish. Um, but just because open enrollment, by the time this is coming out, open enrollment for like med- uh, health insurance through healthcare.gov or whatever will be done. The 16th was the last day for it. Mm-hmm. And my friend was signing up for it and she didn't qualify for Medicaid, which, whichever one is not the old person one. Uh-huh. Um, because it says you can't make more than uh sixteen hundred seventy seven a month, like one thousand six hundred seventy seven dollars a month. If you make more than that, you don't qualify for Medicaid. Do you know what that is? That's seven dollars and twenty seven cents an hour. That's seven cent. That's sorry, two cents higher than minimum. it's basically minimum wage. If you make any more than minimum wage, you don't qualify for Medicaid. So you have to be impoverished to be able. To, to, to be eligible for assistance. <sighs> Isn't it grand? Yeah, because she's like, yeah, I don't qualify because I make more than seven twenty-seven an hour. Excellent. Yay, you have to be poor to get help. So anyway, I have to sneeze, my gosh. Anywho. Well, music break. No. Um, the <laughs> Yeah, you're the music break. <laughs> uh, this city houses the highest number of millionaires and billionaires in the world. Moscow and Russia follow in a close second. Okay. So, wild. It's not even comparative to other cities. They have to compare it to it's other not, countries. It's not. Yeah, it's literally a country. Mm-hmm. Uh, but New York City has the highest population density in the U.S., far ahead of second place, which is San Francisco, which San Francisco overall is 26,403 people in each square mile. Ugh. In God deliver me. <laughs> that's San Francisco, which is second place. Yeah. In first place. And in Manhattan specifically, the number is over 66,000 people per square mile. <laughs> oh I just, God. I can't imagine 66 people per square mile. Get away from me. Get. I'm, like, I'm, I want to see that on a map. I want to see a scale model of a, a square mile with 66 thousand dots in it so i could see what that looks like yeah. i can find it you know I'm sure, i just have listen, to look on the internet chat gpt ai exists just say make this happen <sighs> yeah i'm physically ill it's a like sixty six thousand people per square mile in second place is twenty six thousand yeah it's, yeah 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 uh so new york 
New York's population is expected to reach 9 million by 2040. Based on recent projections, and among the five boroughs, the Bronx's growth is projected to be the highest, uh, then Manhattan, then Brooklyn, Queens, and at the bottom is going to be Staten Island. Uh, The first recorded population count for New York City was 7,681 people in 1698. Uh, The city grew at a moderate rate in the 18th century, but exploded in the 19th century, more than doubling in the final 10-year period. Um, The town of 80,000 in 1800 became a city of 3.4 million by the end of the century. Mm. Just where? Where are these people coming from? (laughs) Um, The growth continued until the 30s, and then it tapered off until uh, in the 80 years since. So it got kind of quiet. And it officially crossed the eight million do- or eight million dollar eight million mark for the first time in 2010. So from 1930 to 2010, it was like a Give steady take, growth. Yeah. Um, in 2010, it hit eight million after seeing no net growth between 1950 and 2000. Okay. Uh, the population dropped nearly a million in the 70s due to migration to the suburbs, uh, driven by increasing crime and decreasing economic prospects. The city rebounded throughout the 80s and has continued to slow upward climb in each census since. Now, what we usually talk about is the racial breakdown. Oh, my God. We're just... <laughs> yeah, I know. Goodness. Well, I told you it's a lot. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, according to the most recent census, whatever, it is 39.78% white. That has got to be the lowest white percentage we've seen. That's pretty low. I just thought the lowest. It's not New Mexico. I'm pretty sure we had a lower... Maybe. Um, black or African-American is 23.38%. Mm-hmm. Other race is 14.9%. That's wild. Asian, 14.25. Two or more races is 7.11. Native American, 0.52. And Native Hawaiian or Pacific Islanders, 0.06. Which is still probably tens of thousands of people, which right. is wild. The great American melting pot. <laughs> That's all I can think of. That is schoolhouse rock, if anyone <laughs> Oh my God, what a throwback. <laughs> I just, I did, it was a lot, but New York is an anomaly to me. Like, I was reading all of this. I still cut things, and I was like, We can do a whole episode on just yes. the entity that is New York. Yeah, New York City, even. New York Not City, just New yeah. York. Uh, but anyway, let's get, we're going to go microscopic here on this scale, and we're going to pick one little place in yeah, New York of City. All these millions of people that have lived here. <laughs> We're going to go to a restaurant. We, we've we done a few restaurants in our day, mm-hmm. but this one is the one if by land, two if by sea restaurant. And I'm sure people locally have a faster way of saying we're going to land and sea yeah, or something. That's what I don't say, know. Land and sea. Um, so, first of all, little th- a fact that they have on their page is it was voted the number five most romantic restaurant in the world. I don't. Wow. Yeah. I did. I came across that. They're like, are you wanting to plan an engagement plan anniversary plan i was like okay is it because valentine's day no it's just no like all someone the time. like someone just very recently held a wedding there like a big to do i feel like maybe i read it wrong but it was someone with like vogue magazine mm-hmm. uh had their wedding there they have the most uh engagements there of like any restaurant it's just like what in the world a, we're never going to go to this place. I, the prices are like astronomical. Oh from my what I god! Can tell. I looked at something. <laughs> they are. I'd like the soup du jour. Like yeah, the chef's $50. taste. The chef's tasting <laughs> mm-hmm. was one hundred and eighty dollars per person. And then if you wanted to add, like I'm not joking. I remember one of the appetizers. It's like if you want to add caviar to it, it's an extra hundred and ten dollars. I was like, for caviar? Huh? Yes, <laughs> yes, for one thing. 
I was like, I can't. I like simply cannot. Oh, golly. With this, we're the $9,320 people. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So on their page, one if by land, two if by sea has been recognized for its classic menu, long history, and beautiful decor. It is often cited as the roman- most romantic restaurant in New York City. The decor features candlelit tables, brick fireplaces, a baby grand piano, and a private garden. Oh. The restaurant operates inside a historic landmark what landmarked carriage house built in 1767. This is why I like the East Coast. She's an old gal. <laughs> yeah, old soul. But this restaurant, even though the building is from 1767, the restaurant itself was established in 1973. One if by land, two if by sea became the go-to spot in New York City for engagements, anniversaries, and weddings. More people are, are have said to announce their engagement here than any other restaurant in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the carriage house with accompanying barn, known as now known as One If By Land, Two If By Sea, has had a long and complex history tied to the most controversial figures in American history, which you might dig into a little bit. Um, you're no. just like nodding your head. I just no. know. <laughs> I know. I was hoping you would because that's her oh, story. I, no, I am. Okay. <laughs> uh, when Aaron Burr was attorney, so actually, I believe this part is still coming from their website, but I had to like really dig for it for some reason. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, so those of you that like musicals and such, if we're talking about New York City, you may like musicals also, mm-hmm. uh, considering Broadway and all that jazz. Oh, let's all remember. Let, huh, let's all remember that the musical Hamilton is not completely historically accurate. Honestly, I would say it's 50% accurate at best. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is dramatized, and I think they admit that. Uh, but there's still a lot of truth to it, and... So a lot of this, for those of you that have watched Hamilton or listened to it or know about it, uh, this will sound very familiar Mm -hmm. because it was the, um, it was Aaron Burr lived in this carriage house. He was the attorney general of the state of New York during the 1790s. Uh, He housed his coach and horses in the carriage house at 17 Barrow Street. So. Burr went on to become a powerful member of local and federal government, making many enemies along the way, particularly Alexander Hamilton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Their disputes eventually made it into print when some comments made by Hamilton were published in an Albany newspaper, which quoted Hamilton as saying that Burr was, quote, a dangerous man who ought not be trusted with the reins of government. And he was a very influential person, so that was kind of poopy to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, he made yeah. not poopy to say you can have your opinions, but like. The problem is, Aaron Burr was infuriated when he read Hamilton's published comments, which came to his attention shortly after he lost his election for the governor of New York. He believed that his unrelenting insults to his character had cost him the governorship, govern, governorship, <laughs> uh, effectively ending his political career. Mm. On July 11th, 1804, Burr met Hamilton in a duel on a grassy field in Weehawken, New Jersey. There were serious consequences to the history-making duel. Not only did the event end in the death of General Alexander Hamilton, spoilers, sorry, uh, a revolutionary war hero and the first American Secretary of the Treasury, but it led to the downfall of the politically powerful Aaron Burr, then Vice President of the United States. He did this while he was Vice President. Yeah, man, get it. Control that anger. I mean, if, if uh, what's his face? Who else? Who shot somebody? Dick Cheney. Mm. If oh. Dick Cheney can do it. Right? Was that uh, George W. Bush's vice yes. president? Yeah. yeah. That was an 
accident. Yeah, it was a hunting accident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it probably was. I don't know. I was little when that happened. (laughs) Uh, He also lost most of his New York property, including the carriage house, 17 Barrow Street, due to the, like, probably because of a domino effect from this duel. Yeah. There is a lingering mystery about this building involving a tunnel cut in a straight line from Hudson Street, formerly the shore of the river. It is barrel vaulted and has the look of similar passageways of 18th century military construction. It's entirely stone-lined, brick-roofed, and appears to be of the same, very same brick and stone as the carriage, house, and barn. So, was the tunnel built to smuggle contraband from the shore? Was the tunnel used during the Revolutionary War? The tunnel was almost certainly used later by the Underground Railway for fugitive slaves to get to the carriage house as a stop on the road to Canada to freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but who built them? Barrow Street remained a muse with carriage houses on both sides of the street, vegetable carts and stalls between the carriage house doors, and hogs freely patrolling the garbage. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, are you going to make a j- I feel like there's a joke there. No. Oh, okay. What, 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 I don't know. You were like, <laughs> and then nothing. I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say. I had nothing clever, so I stopped. <laughs> That's fine. Um, a firehouse was eventually built next door to the carriage house, and... And then the carriage house had a new life as a stable and engine house. The rooms above now housed firemen, not liveried servants. I don't know why we had to make that distinguish, like, distinguishment. It means but we did. something to someone. Yeah. At this time, vegetable carts were banned from the street by city ordinance so as not to block the fire engines. The hogs were banned shortly after that for health reasons during the <laughs> cholera pandemics. Um, in the late 1890s, the city's authorities sold the carriage house at 17 Barrow Street. The new owner very quietly turned it into a house of ill repute. Oh. Uh, somewhat out of the way and more discreet than those in the Tenderloin District above <laughs> Madison Square. I know. Excellent. I have heard of the Tenderloin District. I went to look up why, but I had already t- I already had so much. Yeah, hey, because, look, if you're from Indiana or the Midwest, you know it's, what I hear tenderloin. tenderloin District, I'm like, they got some good ones there. Yeah. Or like, is it shaped like a tenderloin? Which that's in the eye of the beholder. Like a tenderloin (laughs) can look like anything. It's like cloud watching. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Is it because it's big? Is it because it's a dinner plate? Is it because... Who? The tenderloin district. I don't know. Uh, They talk about it in Spider-Man and it cracks me up every time. (laughs) Uh, So later, about 1910, the property became a silent movie house. As the 20th... Yes. Sorry, I'm just, I'm musing on the word tenderloin and tenderloin. Just like thick. Yeah, it's nasty. Gross. Well, do you know, for those of you, for some reason, if you don't know what a tenderloin is, it's, it is, what is it? Oh my God. No, well, no, you like, because it's not as thin as it is, but they like beat the crap out of it. It's and it gets really thin and really big. Tenderized it's, piece of pork. Yeah. I have to you, sneeze. Jeez Louise. That you, we hammer out to. You do. You use a, you use a hammer and you flatten it out like really flat. Cause we made them at, I don't know why I'm like, what is it? We made them at the Moggers that I worked at. Actually, I can say that cause we did that mm-hmm. uh, investigation like two years ago now. Oof. Um, but yeah, you hammer it out really thin, as big as your heart desires. Dude, the bigger the better. If it's bigger than the plate, it always, it's a crowd pleaser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's an, I think that might just be an Indiana thing, but I don't know. The thing that really ties it together is taking the regular sized white hamburger, hamburger bun, bun. <laughs> and just putting like a little hat It's like on putting it. a bowler hat on an elephant. It's like, essentially. Here you go. 
Yes, it's <laughs> so dumb. Now I want to. It's not dumb. So Which bad. what do you put on a tenderloin? As you personally, me personally, yeah, what goes on it? And you better have the right answer. Now I'm because I feel like this is this is kind of like people up near Chicago asking what you put on a hot dog. Like this is a very controversial thing. I do ketchup. Okay, am I already wrong? Yeah, pickles. <laughs> uh huh. I go like the I run the gamut, dude. I'll do like ketchup, mustard, pickle, onion. Or I'll do mayo. Okay. Mayo and pickle and onion. Okay. And mustard. Mm-hmm. Am I missing something? No, I just do. I literally just do. Uh, Lettuce is unnecessary roughage, so I don't <laughs> put it on there. Mustard, like to me, mustard is the absolute. It has to be there. Mm-hmm. And then you can variate, variant from there. Like mm-hmm. a mustard mayonnaise, lettuce, pickle. You put lettuce? It depends. It depends oh my on my God. mood. Pickle, it's... mayo, mustard, pickle is pretty much the bare bones. And then it is up to you if you want to go from there. Mm-hmm. That's on you. No ketchup. I love ketchup, but not on a tenderloin. I'll put it on tenderloin. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's already breaded and deep fried. <laughs> what else could go wrong? Smother it in chocolate. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, so where were we? Tenderloin. Uh, later, about 1910, the property became, so after it was a house of ill repute, uh, it became a silent movie house. As the 20th century progressed, 17 Barrow Street became a bar, a restaurant, a bar again, and then another restaurant. And then, in 1970, it was purchased by its current owners. They spent the next several years restoring the carriage house, finding numerous bits and pieces of earlier life in New York, including old coins, handmade horseshoes, and antique bottles dating back to the early 1800s. Which, that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, an original hitching post was also uncovered, which is still visible in the present bar area. Finally, with the... Whoa. Finally. <laughs> with the restoration complete, the building was transformed into its present life as one if by land, two if by sea. The carriage house now exhibits its rich history and the charming architecture of a refined age. <sighs> I've, I try to do better... With breathing and talking on that one, I think I did it. Well, because I'm afraid I'm talking like this the whole time. Yeah. I'm scared of that, so, which you all just now had to deal with anyway, so sorry about that. The breathing and talking, it's it's a hard thing to do. <laughs> it really is. I like how I have the shortened named one if I land to if I see, and it's like Ibis Tibis. <laughs> Ibis Tibis. It, Ib, yeah, Ibs, I mean, Ibs Tibs. Pretty much. Ibs Tibs. Ibs Tibs. Mm-hmm. I it bet just they sounds would like not appreciate knowing that you call their like four star Miss Michelin. No, it's 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 yeah, a four like... star something. I think I'll get into it. I do. Oh, okay. At some point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's obvious. I think I already said that's it for my segment. I feel like I feel like I had something else to add, but like not really. I guess I sort of said all I need to say. Well, look, I picked this place because of the history. Uh, I saw Aaron Burr. I saw you didn't even touch on Theodosia. Like, oh, oh my, my God. God. Yeah. I, man, see, I only know about Theodosia. I'm not going to lie. Like, I wasn't a huge history buff in school. I only know about Theodosia because of Hamilton, which mm-hmm. I know was Aaron Burr's daughter, mm-hmm. which was actually born out of, not only out of wedlock, but in somebody else's wedlock. Like, it was... Uh, what was it, a general, Georgia general, somebody else's wife. Mm-hmm. So. Whole mess, whole mess. Theodosia, um, we'll talk about her. Yeah. Jeez, uh, you said something, didn't talk about Theodosia. Oh, come on. It's gone. 
I don't know. It's it's really gone. Oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe it'll come to me. I don't know. Oh, I picked this place because um, of the history. <laughs> Did it have a lot of experience? Yes, there's some. Not a lot. There's some. It just feels like there should be because with so much, like, especially with somebody as, like, possibly tormented as Aaron Burr in his life and in the afterlife, you would think that would be grounds for some... For, right uh, on the money. Mm-hmm. You're right on the money. Um, it's, uh, there is experience, but the thing is, because it is such an upstanding restaurant... People are not going in there and investigating. Right, they're you not would showing get up at nine o'clock at night so fast if they saw you just whip out like an EMF. We or could something. we could not pull a hacienda on them. Basically, no. If we're like, hey, can we uh, tour the grounds? If you're like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for a thousand dollars. Yeah, like no, no, thank you. Okay, so I'm getting my stuff from several websites because everyone had little tidbits here and there, uh, and so I'm. I'm going to stop apologizing. You guys already know. You already know my, my bit. I overlap. <laughs> yeah, like, there what you I know. do. So the first link that I'm using is nyghosts.com. Of course. I mean. Yes. <laughs> I have nothing to I say. I was trying to see when it was the post date on it, but I don't know. Anyway, so they're covering one if by land, but two if by sea. They said the ghosts are livelier than the music at the romantic West Village restaurant. Um. Ibis Tibis is an elegant restaurant. <laughs> located, it is good. Ibis Tibis. Located in the heart of West Village, long recognized for its classic menu and beautiful decor. But behind its handsome veneer lurks a dark past. Prostitution, mystery, disappearances, and gruesome deaths are among the nasty things that are tied to its history. In fact, a total of, and I've read this on several people's websites, but they all could be getting it from the same source. There are 20 ghosts to believe to be haunting this bistro well then where are they uh it's i'll get there <laughs> and the okay. spirits are less than friendly towards diners and staff mm. so they're not happy here's the thing i i sit i've been thinking about the name of this place right like the buildings- I, think, I really think i was gonna say if for some reason if somebody didn't know what the phrase one if by land two if i see meant mm-hmm. what that meant well it, the thing is the building has been around since the the time that the phrase was uttered, mm-hmm. and so now it's like a kitschy name. And they're like that. It was, that was literally a for wartime. Yeah. yeah, it meant like that. Uh, they would light lanterns if the British were coming. One lantern if they were coming by land. Two if lanterns if they were coming by sea. So this was like military strategy stuff. And they're like, you know what sounds like a good restaurant? <laughs> a good name. The British are coming. Right. Um, so one maitre d' actually resigned after, quote, after being shoved up and down the stairs every night by invisible hands. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. yeah. So if you prefer your Wellington burger with a side of poltergeist, <laughs> a meal at the restaurant is sure to satisfy. <laughs> so stupid. Um, and then it gets into some history, blah, blah, blah. Terrible rumor spread the city. Thanks, Alexander. Yeah, thanks, guy. Um, Greenwich was quickly transforming. It was come up and coming. Blah, blah, blah. So you say Greenwich. So I don't want to sound stupid, but I'm pretty sure I think. Oh, see, I'm not from New York. I've never been. I don't know. Don't They call it like Greenwich, like Greenwich Village or whatever, right? 
Am what I crazy? I Greenwich, which is how oh, it's spelled. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Is it Greenwich? I th- but why? I don't know. This, these are the things I want to know. I'm currently reading an autobiography called The Fact of a Body. Um, it's a memoir and a true crime, it, whatever. Anyway, it's something that really happened. And it happened in the city of I-O-W-A. I, it would not be Iowa then. It's not Iowa. It's Iowa. Iowa. I, th- I think I've heard of that. And they have to correct people constantly. Like in the thing when she reads it, she's like, it's Iowa. Iowa. I do audiobook. Right. So, Isn't um, it just weird though? Like, how, how do you get Greenwich from Greenwich? But whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, and that's where it talks about one if by land, two if by sea was the secret signal used to alert the patriots about the route the British were taking. Um, I'm trying to get to more spoopy things. I know. Sorry, I covered more than I expected and mostly about New York just because it's it's wild to me. Okay, but, okay, we skipped a lot, but, <laughs> little but. no one ever dines alone at Ibis Tibis. <laughs> <laughs> Many have sat at this romantic hideaway's candlelit tables, have experienced some sort of paranormal activity. Staff- I wish. <laughs> we kind of hope that happened at the restaurant we were at. We're like, maybe it'll be, maybe they'll move past us the salt or something. <laughs> mm. Staff members and diners alike have reported strange incidents, including lights flickering, patrons being shoved by spirits, and the earrings of women sitting at the bar repeatedly disappearing. See, that just sounds like a crook. <laughs> Pictures and paintings also often vanish or fall off the walls for no reason. Like, that that painting was there yesterday, and now she gone. Yeah. So the ghost of Burr's daughter, Theodosia, now we're getting into it, is among its spectral tenants. Yes. I can see that, yep. In her adult life, Theodosia lived in Charleston, South Carolina, Along one of her journeys to visit her father in New York City, her boat, the Patriot, mysteriously disappeared in the fog somewhere near Cape Hatteras. I think is how you pronounce that? Sure. Since the Cape was infested with uh, wreckers, many believe the Patriot had been stormed by pirates, perhaps the Bloody Babes or the Carolina Bankers. In Theodosia Burr-Alston Portrait of a Prodigy, Richard Cote writes, quote, According to Colonel Dane's description of the Patriots' last days, it was allegedly intercepted by La Vengeance, uh, captained by the bloodthirsty pirate Thaddeus Boncourt. I'm sorry, but like Thaddeus <laughs> for, a, <laughs> for a pirate? Uh, yeah. So it goes on into more history about what happened. Um blah 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 the boat eliza Mm. things like that burr passed away in staten island boarding house in 1836 and he can now be reunited with his daughter i just want everyone to know that i have this song dear theodosia (laughs) just playing in my head okay and i i love lin-manuel miranda that man is not a singer he is a genius but like his singing voice is like a it is a character voice it yeah it's crazy mm-hmm. crazy i like it but there's a time and place look at my son i know i <laughs> i just think of the the tiktok trend where everyone it's like their cats they're doing stupid things just cats like um buffering or doing something <laughs> really stupid they're like look at my son pride is not the word i'm looking <laughs> <Yeah>. for <laughs> 
Anyway, so Burr passes away and now he is reunited with Theodosia and can be spotted with her at Ibis Tibis in the restaurant's mezzanine. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I knew I'd get it wrong. The ghost of Burr and Theodosia both like to make their presence known at Ibis Tibis. They said Burr's ghost is said to throw and break plates. He's still an angry man. I was going to say, he sounded like an angry guy anyway. Mm-hmm. While Theodosia is rumored to swipe, enjoy swiping earrings from unsuspecting female diners. Now, why are you being a thief? Right. Yeah, don't, hello. Didn't raise you like that. Guests have also seen her walking up and down the restaurant stairs. We but, love a good stair ghost. <laughs> but Burr and his daughter aren't the only ones inhabiting this 200-year-old building. A woman dressed entirely in black often descends the staircase uh, before disappearing into thin air. Now, I saw this somewhere else, or I heard it somewhere else, I can't remember, just in all the different websites that I read, that this woman in black is only ever descending the stairs. She never climbs them. That's such a weird, it's a weird um, detail. Sorry, I can't think of the most basic words. It's a weird detail, and I feel like maybe we watch too many movies or shows or read too many books, but I'm like, there's something, it's a blue door moment. What is the meaning behind (laughs) this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a paranormal investigator that they must have let in at some point because they said that this paranormal investigator confirmed that this is the apparition of a woman who tripped over her dress and fell down the stairwell, breaking her neck. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Man, I, one step at a time, one foot two, one foot two, one foot two. <laughs> like, I'm so scared of falling down stairs. Uh, other ghosts include a Flo Ziefeld Follies girl. Any yes. Eyes? Yep. Okay. No. <laughs> and a blacksmith. Oh, okay. I got that one. The it's dan- blacksmith. <laughs> the dancer haunts the restaurant's constitution room. The blacksmith. Uh, what? The sentence is weird. The blacksmith. The stairways of the. Oh, I get it. So the dancer haunts the constitution room. The blacksmith haunts the stairways of upper stories of the building where he lived and was seen by retired staff members many years ago. I see what it was saying, but it was Mm -hmm. worded weird, yeah. Yes, it was very eloquent. Uh, So whether you're planning to pop the question or look to share a meal with spirits, stop by Ibis Tibis. No other restaurant in the city is both haunted and AAA four diamond rated. That's wild. Mm Mm-hmm. You just might find yourself face-to-face with an apparition of one of the most famous political figures in history. So I looked up while while you're finishing that segment mm-hmm. that the chef's tasting, I lied, uh, to add caviar to the sea scallops is $25, but to do an optional wine pairing is $115 to just pair wine. Uh, so the thing is $180 per person, but if you want that caviar mm-hmm. and you want... Uh, the wine pairing, then you're looking at $205, a person. Absolutely not. And that's just for a tasting, a, a silly little tasting. Um, so I did get some more information. I also used hauntedrooms.com. They mention a lot of the same things about Aaron Burr and Theodosia and her taking the earrings and Aaron being bitter all the time. But the restaurant's manager, Roseanne Martino, which I don't know if she's the current manager today. I'm not sure. They said that she has had several paranormal experiences herself. So even this owner of this upscale AAA four diamond restaurant is like, yeah, it's haunted. (laughs) Well, there you go. 
she said that picture frames will tilt by themselves. Um, so I feel like it sounds like silly things, but it's one of those like you know your restaurant better than anyone. And yes, there are patrons around, but it doesn't sound like the type of restaurant where kids are running rowdy. Yeah, kids are (laughs) running around and knocking things over, and people are stealing things. Like, well, and they probably definitely keep an eye on because this is a very upscale restaurant, and you don't want tilted pictures. I know it sounds like such a silly thing that would be written off anywhere else, but it's like you know the place best. Mm-hmm. And this is out of character. Yes. Yeah. They, she said that machines would activate by themselves. Lights will flicker on and off and plates would go flying, which they believe to be Aaron Burr just being like, yeah. I mean, he's an angry guy. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Staff members will be pushed by unseen forces. The staff have even tried to appease the spirits by attempting to serve them in the restaurant. Oh, <laughs> Although some staff have quit because of the various strange happenings in the restaurant, they believe that the spirits are not malicious. So this is like, we're getting some mixed signals. Yeah, mixed signals. They seem to be more like practical jokers. Okay, so it's all in the eye of the beholder. Some people can't take a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) There are more stories of other spirits, such as a woman dressed in black. We talked about her. Uh, She's thought to have broken her neck. And there's also, the staff have also lit a candle for a ghost believed to be a Ziefeld Follies girl. I need to look up what Ziefeld Follies is. I Yeah, um I really don't know. You, I feel like I always have some weird information mm-hmm. in the back of my head and this is not one of those things. Yeah, I'm like uh, truly this is not ringing any bells. I'll, I don't know. I'll see if I can very quietly, very quickly find it. Okay. Um I use another rest, uh, restaurant, good lord, another website called complex.com that is very short, same thing. Really, it, it just touches on the same thing. That was the thing that sucked is I can only find so much. And no, there aren't YouTube videos of people investigating this place because it's not that kind of place. Uh, but this website also conf- he says that the spirits are benevolent and not really trying to hurt you but if we're paying twenty dollars for a bowl of soup we'd prefer it not come with the side of poltergeist everyone's full of jokes <laughs> uh so they were chorus girls and showgirls from florence i'm gonna say siegfield only because my like german wants me to say that but i don't know mm-hmm. uh from florence's theatrical broadway review spectaculars known as the siegfield follies mm-hmm. uh pr- produced in new york city the reviews were based on the follies oh god something of paris something in french uh they were women beauty of face form charm and manner personal magnetism individuality grace and poise so just i I don't really know it sounds like the playboy bunny girls but higher status of the early 1900s or 1800s or whenever the heck it happened okay well and it's spelled i see the ziegfeld I see that. It wasn't, I kept saying Ziefeld, Ziefeld because it was spelled differently in the other articles. But this, Yeah, it's like Z-I-E-G f- yeah. Feld. Yeah. But this website, ny.eater.com, has it spelled with a G, so that makes oh, sense. okay. So they also, they quoted um, the general manager, Roseanne Martino, and she said, yes, I've had experiences, inexplicable experiences. I've been here for eight years and I have seen a lot. I love when they say that because you'll ask some owners or workers or whatever and they're like, no, I don't, I don't ever see anything. Mm-hmm. But I like when the owners especially are like, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For Yeah. Please believe. And she, 
also explained that waiters attempted to serve entrees who uh, or try to serve the entities who were sitting at the table. The spirits craving life and maybe some beef Wellington. <laughs> Just casually get a beef Wellington. Now this, I liked this quote. Another manager, Kirk Adair, Adar, Adari, I don't know. He described the restaurant like a forest. He said, you know there are creatures around you, but you don't necessarily see them. I And that's what scares me about the forest. <laughs> like, whenever we do investigations outside, I'm mm-hmm. not scared of the ghosts. I'm scared of what's out in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I really, I liked that that quote from them. I immediately did the hmm face when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the a parapsychologist is the one who has said... Allegedly, there are 20 spirits haunting this place, including Aaron Burr and Theodosia, the woman in black. There's an entity that haunts the office. Mm-hmm. There's the a blacksmith. A man who lingers by the fireplace. There's a man who uses the front door a lot. Oh, okay. see him going in and out the front door. Um, and they said somewhere, someone said this, but I didn't find anything in writing. I heard it in uh, another podcast. They said that if something starts to happen, paranormal or odd or whatever, the staff is encouraged to leave and give the spirits their space. Oh, so okay. Someone I, went to therapy. Yeah. I, <laughs> um, yeah, and then Aaron and Theodosia are seen like, uh, what, is, what was the word that I couldn't say? Mezer- mezzanine. Mezzanine, yeah. That's where they're spotted. It's like, it's like a loft, essentially. Yeah, I know that because... When I did my internship with the Indiana Repertory Theater, mm-hmm. when you walk in. So it's like the balcony, but for the lobby, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah, they, it's between the ground floor and the first floor. Mm-hmm. It's not quite a second store. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah there was like a, a mezzanine around the lobby of the IRT mm-hmm. that, yeah, you could see all down below to the first floor. But then when you went into the theater, you still took a few more steps up to mm-hmm. get to the second row so yeah i really don't have anything else i know some of the places we cover will give cover will give us like moments and i know i don't really have any of those but this isn't that type of place you can't do that type of investigation i think this is one of those this is definitely sounds like one of those uh residual haunted places so like some places are very active and like intelligently active Mm -hmm. and other places it's just like it seems mundane but like, well, if Theodosia's swiping earrings and Aaron Burr's throwing plates, I mean, I guess unless they're just more, doing that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> obviously that's more th- intelligent than residual, but mm-hmm. for the most part, I feel like the day to day stuff is probably just very, people would kind of write it off and it doesn't seem very exciting. It's not something you want to be like, we found this in investigations. Everyone's like, okay, so tilt the picture back. Right. Like, wow. Wow. I don't know. Um, but that's going to wrap up New York. How exciting. It sounds like... I thought you'd appreciate it because of the history. That's really why I picked it. And I do. I do like history a lot. I like the East Coast a lot because it is so... Like, the U.S. as a whole is very young compared to the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's funny because we say 1797 and we're like, oh my gosh, that's so old. And then you're like, 200 years ago. And I'm like, I mean, that's really not that bad. That's really (laughs) not that bad. America is so young. (laughs) It honestly, honestly is. We're only 200 and we're coming up on 250 years old, mm-hmm. which is just like 
there are some people that live in houses over in Ireland that are 250 years old. Yeah. Like, it's not... We're very young. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I hit that. Um, yeah, so next week, you don't know this yet, but I've already picked our next... Oh, yeah. Picked our next location. You I was going to say, I can guess, but I I have like 45 chances 43. to get it right. 43 chances <laughs> to get it right. Yeah. Mm, uh, I'm trying to think of something like obscure. South Carolina. Oh my God, you're so close. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, that isn't correct. It's uh, North Dakota. Gee, it was a North or South. Listen, <laughs> yeah. I so I was four. I had four chances there. Yeah. You heard me say South and you went. I know. Uh, but no, we're going to North Dakota next. Okay, you know what? Nondescript. You've cool. got experience on that, so you go ahead and let me know where we're going. North Dakota, yeah. So we're going to go to, just get, <laughs> just pull that out. Well, I actually have a map of North Dakota here. Yeah, <laughs> funny you should say that. <laughs> Pulls um, down. I want one of those in schools where oh, they like do the... The pull down Yeah, map. the pull down map thingy. Right there, that wall We need to get that. Yeah, though. that is a perfect wall. Yeah. I'm musing now. Hmm. We've used the word muse a lot. Have we? Mm. Well. At least three times. Before we jump off, we did post a new Patreon episode recently. To, we sure to start did. the new year. Sure so did. It's a morbid minute with Megan. So. Mm-hmm. And it's morbid. <laughs> yeah. Um, nothing says the new year like cannibalism. Cannibals, yeah. I'll go ahead and just <laughs> leave you with that. Mm-hmm. But um, we posted that. So anyone who's donating to Patreon... You can go have access to that right now. Go check it out. And if you aren't donating, you can go to our patreon.com slash or so they say pod and donate as little as one doll hair a month and get access to all of our extra episodes, which we did have a new patron. Yeah, I was going to say, I want to mention this patron because actually this person we really haven't like spoken to in a long time. We're still friends. I, yeah, obviously we're, just, we're still friends. We're casual friends. <laughs> uh, but this friend I, in particular, I think is interesting because she was actually a part of our very first episode Yes, she was. The very first episode we did for this podcast was The Faceless Nun, and we said that we went with some friends, and one of them was actually this new donor. It is. It's our friend Heather. Crazy. So crazy. Hi, Heather. Hello. I don't know if you've been listening the whole time. You're probably yeah. like, what the heck? <laughs> That's all right. But yeah, I saw she that. She was a bridesmaid like, in my wedding. Uh, yeah. Heck, when I had Jordan, she was like the nurse that came in and took some information. But I was so out of it. Girl, if you remember, <laughs> oh my I was not in a good state when you saw me. I was just like, hi. I just right. had a kid. Um, but no, she was with us from the beginning. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And we also, I will say, I'm going to throw this out there. We also got an email from a listener whose name is also Heather, not the same Heather. And we'll get to it. These I are promise. different. That, do it's I have the right Heather? Heather? No, I'm nervous. I'm yeah, sure Heather A you. is our patron. Okay, yes. And we have Heather D who emailed us. Hi, Heather. Hello. Um, I have read your email, but we're going to save it. So uh, probably for our first of the month episode. Mm-hmm. So check back February. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Now it's all, it's all coming back. <laughs> yes. Which brings me full circle to say, uh, we haven't asked for this in a long time, but we already gave you guys a heads up that traveling is really hard uh, for us anymore. Just because we can only travel so far without having to stay overnight. Mm-hmm. And I have a child now. There's a lot of planning that has to happen to, to do this. So, and we have full-time jobs. But if you guys have your own stories, we haven't asked for this in so long. Yeah, so um, just, a, just a reminder, we are, are 
inboxes are still open. Yeah, or so they say pod at gmail.com. Send us a little email, a little quick one like Heather D did that you're going to hear her story here in a couple weeks. Yeah, or I mean... Um, uh, that would be the preferred way, but like you can also reach out Facebook, Facebook, any of our Instagram, social media whatever. messengers, things like that. Yeah, send us a little message. Tell us about some spooky stuff that's happened to you because I love hearing those stories. I like getting it, not that these people's stories that we read, you know, that we cover in these random investigations aren't real, mm-hmm. but when it's it just you guys more getting personal. a hold of us directly, mm-hmm. it's, it's different. And even if they're places that we've been. Because there, there are places that we've been that were not the most exciting. But some pl- people will say, oh my gosh, have you been to... I can't think of a dead off the top of my head. Have you been to this place? It was crazy. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, then tell me why. Well, tell me. there was one place we... The place we covered in... Um, oh my God. I want to say it was Iowa. I almost said Iowa too. For what? <laughs> and I have a friend that moved from Indiana to Iowa. And she's like, girl, I live like... 40 minutes from there. That's funny because I had a co-worker. She has since, she stopped working to go to school full time, but she moved from Iowa to Indiana. And she was like, oh, you went to the, did you go do Villisca? And I said, no, we didn't do Villisca, but we did the school. And she's like, oh, I did that. I went there too. Oh, I was like, oh, okay. Um, totally. Well, kind of, it's off topic. Uh, I went to, uh, Indiana State University is our local college and i went to the women's basketball game recently and one of the players the starting five is from adelaide australia like they're talking about their home cities and yeah from fort wayne indiana Uh from adelaide australia and i said why how did you get here which like i think isu women's basketball does fairly well correct they're okay yeah it's just funny because like i understand that for places like if someone's gonna come down and play for like North Carolina, or mm-hmm. if they're going to play for IU, even which is still in Indiana, but right ISU in Terre Haute. I'm Indiana like Indiana State because I think there's another ISU. There's it's Illinois State. Is it okay or Iowa State? There's probably it, a lot of ISUs, honestly. Yeah. Mm. Well, um, yeah, I went to a women's game, and then a couple days later, I went to the men's game. Totally did. I mean, the the stadium did not fill hardly at all for women. It was so quiet. It was so sad i was like where are the women's the games have body? always been like that where always. are the supporters for the women and the thing is the women just play okay and it's like the thing is it's a vicious cycle if the women play better the people would show up to see them but, but you gotta admit if that the they people get aren't hyped. showing up to see them they're not the morale is low so they're not playing good like mm-hmm. it's this vicious cycle you have to go see them you have to support and it's going to boost their morale and they're going to play better and then more people are going to show up and it's this this constant cycle it's a circle of life yeah it is i mean i did um i was in the basketball band at i went to isu mm-hmm. and so i got to see the men's games versus the women's games and just the whole demeanor everything about each game there was so much more hype and so much more like activities and interactive things Mm -hmm. during like uh, breaks and stuff for the men's games and then the women's it's like yeah basketball right and the men's game yes it was entertaining yes it was a higher scoring game yes there's some crazy trick shots and all the things that the guys can do and I was like, yes, this is entertaining, but I was also enjoying the women's game. Like, I didn't hate it. Basketball's basketball. Jeez, don't discriminate. 
Now they did do a halftime thing where the guy comes out. It's like the putt putt shot where uh-huh. you shoot it across the entire uh, length of the basketball court. The length of the court, yeah. You hit the ball and you can hit it through three different holes. You have like a thousand, five thousand, and ten thousand dollars. Jesus, right? And I forget who gives it away. So this kid hit it right, and we're watching it and we're like, "No, it's not." And even the announcers are like, "No, it's not." $10,000 clean, didn't even touch the sides, went through, because the holes are, you know, big, medium, Sizable, and yeah. about the size of the golf ball, yeah. just enough for it to get clean shot. Did Oh my God, that whole steam erupted louder for that moment than any play in the game. Holy cow. <laughs> like everyone was that started men's screaming. Or it was the men's game. Everyone was screaming. He's running down and he gets his $10,000 check. And they're like, I said, I bet the bookkeeper is sweating. And they're like, we do not have $10,000. Yes, that's <laughs> like, what I'm saying. I got to move some stuff around. <laughs> well, geez, there's, that's happened before where it's a... Uh, I feel like I've talked about this before on an episode. Did I not? Oh. Where someone made like a, a half court shot or a full court shot oh, mm-hmm. and they were promised. I think it was a Chicago Bulls game. I don't, I'm making all of this up. So, <laughs> yeah. but basically it was one of those make this shot. An outlandish tens shot of for thousands an outlandish of dollars. prize. Yeah. They still, last I checked, never got paid that money. And this was like years and years ago. And oh. they're arguing them and they're like, we didn't actually expect anyone to make, they didn't have the money. And they're like, yeah, we'll pay you. And then it came came time and they're just like we can't pay you we didn't think you'd actually make the shot like it was one of those the bookkeepers were suddenly like oh shoot oh shoot, shoot. and they start Sweating. like yes yeah because they didn't think he would make it no one had ever made that shot why uh yeah i why can't would remember you offer i can't remember who offered it up but that was the first thing that went over my head is like someone somewhere is sweating right now like, right uh-oh. well i mean sh- they'll get their cut through taxes that kid's only gonna get like seven thousand of it only i would love no to get I, a I don't want to scoff at seven thousand at all but <laughs> uh yeah it was just a night of wins for everyone i got so off topic um <laughs> how do we get here where are we send us your stories <laughs> <laughs> i can't even i usually we try to figure out how we got there i don't know i don't feel like it right now send us your stories or so they say pod at gmail.com or on any of our social media inboxes and we will read them the first thursday in february and if we have gone anywhere in that time we will also try to give that to you too Mm -hmm. unless you just flood our inbox and then it's your guys' show right we'll see what we can conjure up Mm. all right we're gonna wrap this up good lord yeah (laughs) yeah see you next week and if you have any stories from north dakota let us know or places you want us to cover yeah i've never been to north dakota so give me some ideas (laughs) never been no idea okay all right bye all right see you bye Thanks for listening. Mixing, editing, and music is done by Kelsey Ingram. Our cover art is done by both of us. Visit our website at orsotheysaypod.com. You can find links to our Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, all at orsotheysaypod. If you would like to donate and have access to all of our evidence from our investigations, please visit patreon.com slash orsotheysaypod. You can donate as little as $1 to hear EVPs, watch haunting videos, and see photographic evidence we've gathered during our travels. You can also give a once-off donation to our PayPal, which will be linked on our website as well. Merchandise can be found at redbubble.com people slash or so they say pod. You can find or so they say on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. And when you do find us, please make sure to rate, review, follow, or subscribe. We and the algorithms will thank you for it. See you next week. week.